Yo, what is up, Celtics Nation? And welcome back for episode four of the Guys in Green podcast. And today, it is not just me. It is our now semi-permanent co-host, second uh, co-owner of the CT Green Teamers Twitter page. Give a quick hello. What's going on, Celtics Nation? Good to finally be on my own podcast. It only took four episodes, but glad to be here. Alrighty, so let's see. Uh, we're going to start off by talking about uh, the game, uh, Boston Celtics versus Dallas Mavericks. Obviously, that one was a bit of a heartbreak. Uh, we lost that game 107 to 104. There was a couple of costly mistakes at the end of the game. Obviously, Marcus Smart took that uh, pretty wild shot that was later confirmed should have been a foul and uh, the late foul, which led to us never getting the ball back. But other than that, I'd say our second half performance was some of the strongest we've seen all season to come back from down like 19 or 20 at the half. Uh, To make it that close even obviously showed uh, the heart, the fight that this team could maybe show going forward. We'd like it to be over four quarters, but you know, you got to say for them to not throw in the towel after that first half, as decently impressive uh your thoughts on that yeah i mean i would say it was about as optimistic of a loss as one could have i mean you're like a jason tatum box out or marcus smart not doing marcus smart things away from winning that game and pulling off a big comeback i think overall it was there was a lot of positives to take out of it yeah i definitely agree and it's pretty interesting to see uh, how tatum shows up with uh, almost 40 points in a game without Jalen Brown. It seems like the ball moved uh, pretty well most of the time, uh, but when it found Tatum, he finds a way to to stop the ball and get his own bucket. He had a few assists, but I'd I'd say uh, it definitely seems like Tatum isn't really too big of a fan of being a cog in that wheel, and he's always looking to sort of stand out. So when it comes to to a flowing offense, it, it kind of it kind of doesn't work with him and maybe that's why maybe that's why his shot's been a little bit off maybe he seems like he's a bit out of his comfort zone because he may said he wanted to focus on moving the ball and really pushing the pace and maybe that's just not so so much Tatum's game I mean I don't mind Tatum taking all the shots when he's making them and the thing is I feel like during the heat game when he realized that his shot was off he's he took less shots and he he kind of moved the ball around more but if he's making them I mean it's Tatum's team so take the shots if you're gonna make them yeah you you are you're absolutely right when you say that but at the same time uh, it's got to be one of those things where uh, if Tatum's shot's not going you know like in that Miami Heat game he he is willing to take more of that backseat to Jalen Brown who was obviously firing on all cylinders before uh, getting hurt, having that uh, hamstring injury or whatever it was, uh, he he's got to be able to to be that second wheel at times when he's not clicking. It's obvious when he's the you know the outright first option. He can still put buckets in the basket when the offense relies around him 100% of the time. But there's never going to be a time where it's just him being the number one option. You know, Jalen Brown is on this team to stay. It seems like. For the long haul, we got to build around both of these guys. So he's got to find a way to make it work when Jalen Brown's in the game, putting in, you know, just as many buckets as him, if not more, when he's when he's struggling. Well, the thing is, without Jalen Brown, 
Uh, it's much like last year. Who who does Tatum have to really pass it to? I mean, you don't have – this isn't a team of great shooters. There's not many options to pass it out to. I mean, you have Neesmith on some nights who was absolutely abysmal against Dallas, 0 for 5, no points. Um, you know, Pritchard has been a shell of himself after last year. You had a good Richardson game, but – from what I've seen so far, it's not something you can depend on every night. And, uh, I mean, Schroeder, he's not somebody you can really kick it out to in the corner. He kind of creates his own shot going to the basket for the most part. Horford hasn't been great at shooting three at all this season. And then you have Marcus Smart, who, you know, will save that for <laughs> something down the road. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, there's definitely there's definitely a lot that's true about that. I think... Um, I think a key of uh, Jason Tatum being a viable option in an offense where Jalen Brown is present in the lineup is uh, running more of that high pick and roll where he's able to pass it to guys like uh, Rob and Al Horford on the roll. He's able to hit open shooters because, I mean, uh, Dennis Schroeder has gone through ups and downs with his uh, catch and shooting on the three-point line, but he's a viable option. Smart's going to hit some. He's going to miss some. We've seen Neesmith has been streaky. Romeo... He can hit a few, you know, spot up from three. I think Romeo is probably one of our best options off the bench. It's just a matter of, is Romeo ever available for more than one game? Yeah, you're definitely right. And it's uh, it's kind of getting in that pattern of being comfortable with who you're passing it to and having the confidence that they'll hit the shots. But I, I think we got to run a lot more plays where it's guys going downhill and constantly cutting to the baskets. And Jason Tatum having that responsibility of either creating his own good shot or being able to create a shot for somebody else closer to the basket, not just at the three-point line. And uh, it's something he's able to do, obviously, a lot better when Jalen Brown isn't out there. But he's never going to be that, you know, that main first option while Jalen Brown is, is playing the game. So it's like it seems like he's kind of creating that that divide in terms of when Jalen Brown is there, when Jalen Brown is not. Is Tatum always going to be a different player? You know, kind of, uh, kind of keeping on that same type of trajectory. Uh, Rob Williams had uh, 16 points and eight rebounds that game, and I think he's going to be one of those guys that Tatum can rely on to get a bucket down low. He was obviously key on defense in that second half, and it's one of those things where Rob's going to be running down the floor. He's going to be trying to get open towards the basket. He's constantly going to be, you know, blocking guys out to try and get other guys' shots down low. So it's things like that that Tatum can really use to his advantage to get himself open shots, to get other guys open shots, even while Jalen Brown is there. I think uh, Jalen Brown's one of those guys who can move off the ball and, uh, you know, get open and make the good shots. Uh, he's obviously the best shooter on our team right now. That has gone without saying. So it's just kind of making the most of those options and kind of not letting the presence of another star uh, limit him going forward. Well, we've yet to see it not limit him, but, you know, they'll uh, they'll work it out. I believe they will. I mean, the thing is, you have two guys that, um, you know, they, they said uh, recently in that interview with uh, Chris Forsberg towards the beginning of the season that, you know, like, they're brothers. That, you know, Jalen Brown saying, you know, that's my guy, that's my brother. You know, when he saw Tatum get that gold in the Olympics, it's like he was, you know, so happy for him that he was you know happy for himself to see his friend get that sort of achievement so it's obviously a thing of like they will work it out it's just a matter of when 
the the time is ticking by and you know the season has uh you know well and truly kicked off so it's going to be one of those things that we see like how far can that progress well i totally believe that jason tatum and jalen brown are like brothers and i think they do like each other but there's a there's a third wheel in this conversation that I uh, I don't know really how they feel about him. Did you uh, did you see the Jason Tatum quote when he was asked about what Marcus said? I uh, I did see that. Uh, we can uh, go ahead and pull that up real quick. He said we talked about it and we had a team meeting. I guess I know how to play basketball. I've been doing it a long time and I'm pretty successful at it. I mean that right there. It's kind of, he's kind of saying. Uh, Marcus, mind your business. I I don't really, I don't need your input. And do I do I agree with what Marcus said about them passing the ball? Sure, but I just don't feel I don't feel it's Marcus's place. Not anymore. Maybe a couple of years ago, but I don't get that uh, that uh, we love and trust Marcus Smart vibe anymore. I feel like it's kind of the team against him. I mean, when he when he spoke out about that, did anybody really come to his aid? I mean, there's a couple people that agreed with him, but I don't I don't feel like that's kind of the team's outlook on it. I feel like it's just a Marcus Smart thing. Oh, uh, I I remember uh, when Jalen, uh, you know, had his little quote come out about it. He kind of sounded a, a bit more uh, confident in Marcus Smart's abilities to lead this team. It definitely seems like Tatum has a bit more of a cold shoulder about it. And uh, I think that's for one reason and one reason only. And that's for the fact that uh, Brown's been outperforming Tatum all season. Uh, Tatum feels like he's got more of the blame on his shoulders with the lackluster performances. Jalen Brown feels a bit more secure in the fact that he's been carrying this team on offense when Tatum Brown, uh, when Jalen Brown's been up. No, when Jason Tatum has been having uh, off nights, you know, Jalen Brown's been taking over and uh, getting us close to wins uh, if we haven't been winning those games where he has a really great night. So I think it just goes to show you that, um, you know, Marcus Smart was obviously not 100% right in saying that to the media. I think that's kind of something that's got to stay more in-house and can be, you know, discussed privately amongst teammates. But I also think holding Tatum and Brown to that high standard is going to end up being good for them i i don't really agree with the notion that it's the team against marcus smart i mean he's the longest tenured celtic now he's been a leader on every single celtics team basically since his sophomore season he's seen the greatest heights with this boston celtics team in the past basically decade uh, with that isaiah thomas team and he's seen the lowest of lows where the best player on his team was jeff green so you know he knows what it takes to to win these basketball games and he's always been a fighter he's always been someone who no matter what wants his team to grind it out so i i can understand the frustration with uh tatum and brown with marcus smart saying that to the public but you know i i think these guys have been teammates for long enough to where you know they're gonna figure it out and uh they also have uh, al horford on board who's got a lot of experience in the celtics locker room uh, he's not someone who's going to let this get out of control between these guys, especially when he's known him for so long. Uh, I expect things to be fine between those guys going forward. And uh, Brown and Tatum know the standard that Smart is going to hold them to, and uh, they need to, you know, rise to that standard if if this team's going to go into a positive direction. And it's no, 
you know, it's no coincidence that this team has started performing, uh, having some of its best nights and playing the hardest defense we've seen all season since Marcus Smart said that. So I think it's one of those things where, you know, the, the problems are are good. Let's fight it out now. Let's argue with each other now because, you know, that's only going to make us closer and that's almost that's almost going to benefit us, you know, later, later on down the road in this season. I just kind of... I revert back to the thought, uh, what if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown called out Marcus Smart to the public in a post-game interview? I don't think it would go over well with Marcus Smart, so I just think it's a, I think it's a little hypocritical. No, it's it's absolutely I think there's at least one time a game where Marcus Smart could be called out for doing something drastically wrong. It's kind of just the Marcus Smart experience. I don't know. I just don't, I don't think there's, uh, I, I don't think they like each other. I really don't. Uh, there's there's for a couple of reasons that um you know you could agree or disagree with that. Uh, Marcus Smart was never uh, was never held to that standard of being uh, an All NBA player or an NBA All Star. What he is is a leader on the team, and when he is leading and when he is being vocal and having an impact, uh, you see this team automatically whip into shape and play better. We saw it throughout these past few games, as I mentioned in the last podcast. You can literally hear Marcus Smart directing guys on the defensive end, and that's when we're at our best defensively, honestly. So, you, you know, uh, obviously, like I said, uh, Marcus Smart saying that to the media was wrong. It shouldn't have happened. He knows it. Uh, everyone on the team knows it. The fans know it. Does he know it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, this is... That's one of those things. I don't think we can overreact to things like this. Like... It's it, people make it sound like Marcus Smart doesn't love the Boston Celtics. Like the the Boston Celtics is a part of who Marcus Smart is, and it, you know he he's grown up on this team. I think he's one of the only guys who who bleeds the green. I get that from him uh, more than a lot of players past. So it's like it's it's all a matter of it being blown out of proportion. I I think a lot of people are are making it seem way worse than it is. I mean, obviously he was wrong, but like, let's not act like a player has never outed his teammates to, to the media before, and they've gone on to win things. I mean, just look at Kobe and Shaq. You don't gotta like each other. You Marcus just get... Smart is not Kobe or Shaq. Kobe and Shaq had the right to call I mean, each other out Marcus because, Smart, but Marcus Smart had the same type of impact on the Celtics that as Kobe that... and Shaq. Well, it's all it's all like we're not it, we're not even gonna have a conversation. It's about, all in it's all in relative terms. No, we're not gonna compare Marcus Smart to Kobe and Shaq. See if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown see, but, didn't no, like each but, other, but they no, no, were no. making it work to win a championship. You're, Maybe that's comparable. No, no, but we're no, not no, gonna no, throw no, Marcus you're, you're, Smart no, in that conversation. No, 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 no. You're thinking about it in like the in you're thinking about it in two incorrect ways that I can already tell. I'm not talking about Kobe Bryant and Shaq like as Laker legends. I'm talking about like the 23, 22 year old Kobe Bryant and like the 22, 23 year old Shaq. Like what I mean is like those guys were like leaders on those teams from like like their younger years. They hated each other. You know what I mean? But they still went on to win championships. I'm not talking about talent level. Marcus Smart is not even a quarter as talented as Kobe or as Shaq. Maybe not even like a 10% as talented as those two. What I mean is like his impact on the city and on the team throughout his tenure with the Celtics is is that of the same of Kobe and Shaq kind of turning things around and creating that culture in Los Angeles in their younger days. It's like you you don't just break 
those two up. You don't just break that kind of uh, culture up when, you know, like it's something that you could really rely on and take to, to the NBA Finals. Marcus Smart was a part of the closest thing we'll ever get to the bad boy Celtics, which was Marcus Smart, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Morris, Jay Crowder, Jonas Jerebko, you know, guys of that nature who brought it every night on the defensive end, despite not being the most talented team. He was there. He was a part of it. Oh, not to mention Al Horford. Sorry to forget about him. You know, he, he knows how much you got to bring it every night, even if the shots aren't falling, even if the talent isn't to the highest of standards that it could be. You know, he knows what it means to win games. That team, you know, bar an Isaiah Thomas hip injury is NBA Finals bound, and maybe we win a championship that Marcus Smart would have been a huge part of. Well, maybe Marcus Smart can bring that culture to Philadelphia when we trade him for Ben Simmons. I'd agree, and I'd agree with that. Listen, if we're trading like Marcus Smart, Neesmith, Romeo, any of those guys, uh, bar the Jays and Rob, uh, he's available on trade talks to me. I love him, but at the end of the day, listen, if it was Marcus Smart for Ben Simmons, uh, he's he's packing his bags to Philadelphia. But um, So you would welcome Ben Simmons to Philadelphia. <laughs> so you would welcome Ben Simmons to Boston. Uh, if it's not for the Jays or for Robert Williams, and uh, I'm saying this because I know we wouldn't trade Al Horford to uh, back to Philadelphia. It's just not really a possibility anyways. I thought uh, it worked out well the first time, though. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Obviously, you know, that's how he ended up back here. Uh, I would say uh, for anybody uh, but the Jays and um, Robert Williams, you would have to welcome Ben Simmons to Boston. He's exactly the type of guy who could come in and just play an insane amount of defense. He would never shoot. He would get the ball to the Jays. He'd get the ball to Rob Williams. He's a heck of a rebounder. And he can do he can do a, a fair bit of scoring on the inside. Now, that's the thing. He would go to a team where he's not really required to shoot. He would never have to take a jump shot. We would really never require it from him. And the talents that he could bring to Boston, which, by the way, this will never happen... Uh, would definitely take us uh, to a different caliber of team, in my opinion. I think he's going to end up going to a non-contender, if I'm being honest. I, I think if the 76ers do finally uh, you know, become convinced to trade him, he's going to go to somewhere where he's going to suffer for quite a few seasons until the team can attempt to you know, bring the pieces around him to where he will never have to shoot the ball ever again. Yeah, he's not coming to Boston. Uh, there's... There's just no way Jalen Brown is involved in any of that trade talk. I don't even know why they would think that's an option. And also, I'm on Twitter as we do this, and it's been confirmed that the rumors are untrue, which I'm pretty relieved to hear that, which I didn't really need Twitter to tell me that when I saw Jalen Brown was involved. But yeah, Marcus Smart, Aaron Neesmith, and a couple picks, or don't talk to us please and thank you yeah basically and i i think if you're brad stevens you have to do your due diligence in order to uh you know see what the what the 76ers would take in exchange for for a player of that caliber and uh of course as soon as they bring up jalen brown brad would hang up the phone and block the phone number immediately because you know uh, jalen brown's a completely different level to a lot of nba guys especially ben simmons who uh, has a hard time making, you know, a regulation free throw. So that, that's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> you know, and we got MVP form Jalen Brown. You know, if the dude stays healthy, he's on track for an all-NBA season. And I don't think that can be understated. Jalen Brown's not going anywhere. Tatum's not going anywhere. 
I doubt Rob's going anywhere, but if you want to give a show all in bead, that's a different story. Uh, anyways, uh, moving on from from uh, talking about our arch nemesis 76ers. Also, six minutes ago, Boston Celtics tweeted, Jalen Brown will likely miss one to two weeks with a right hamstring strain. All I have to say to that is uh, rest up, JB, get better, and please play on November 20th because I will be there at the Garden for my birthday, and I really want to see you play, so rest up. Also, uh, drop us a follow. Thank you for liking our tweet. Jalen Brown liked our tweet today, and I screamed like a girl. Just throwing that out there. I love sh- you, JB. I screamed like a guy, if it makes you uh, feel any better. Well, it was my tweet, so. Nah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Go get you some uh, juice gear. The merch is fire, and it's supporting a great basketball player. Yes, sir. So uh, now we can look towards the upcoming games for the seas. We got Wednesday, 7.30, Celtics-Raptors. I'm begging you not to let the Raptors come into the Garden and embarrass us again. I would say this is a must-win game. Uh, Uh, Just take care of business. Interestingly enough, uh, Pascal Siakam is going to be back for this game. Obviously, in one of our first games of the season, we got absolutely ripped by the Toronto Raptors uh, without Pascal Siakam. It's going to be interesting to see the dynamic that he brings to that team. It's already a team that has good size and good length, and he's just going to add on to that. And uh, it's a team that we're always going to have a hard time dealing with this season just because uh, they out they outmatch us in terms of size and length, and they're a team that will always play hard, play very physical, and play you know for each other. And that's not always something we're able to respond to very well. I think Adam uh, adding Siakam is, is definitely going to to change the pace a little bit for us it's just going to be another body to deal with i think it's a game where we got to come out strong right from the tip you know we, we can't we can't have that slow start and that bad first half that we had against the mavericks if it's a game we want to stay in because uh unlike the the mavericks the the raptors defense is long and very physical so it's it's something that's going to be much harder to to break down when you know, their best player isn't Luka Doncic, a, a guy that rarely plays defense anyways. So uh, we're definitely going to have a hard time dealing with that. Uh, hopefully we can come up with the buckets and uh, play hard defense to, to kind of slow them down and then, you know, take it over in the second half. Jason Tatum's going to drop 40. You heard it here first. And they're going to win. So moving on, on Friday, we got Celtics Bucks, which... Uh, Typically, you would look at that and think, like, wow, that's going to be a showdown. Celtics, Bucks, can't wait. Yeah, uh, they're both 4-6, and six, both outside of the playoffs right now. Um, slow start for both teams, and I think it's a winnable game. The Bucks are missing a couple players, right? Pretty sure they're missing, like, Middleton, Lopez. Is there not a... Hold on. I'm an idiot, guys, that's all. So, yeah, Brooke Lopez out injured for the Bucks. Uh, obviously, he's a guy who can... Uh, catch the ball at the three and put it in the bucket he's a good rebounder I don't think that's honestly like a major major loss they still got the likes of Bobby Portis and Giannis down low to collect the rebounds and and get inside and score the ball yeah so I actually thought Chris Middleton was injured maybe he was and has come back but yeah I mean the odds aren't great that's the Celtics killer right there I feel a little less optimistic about it but I don't know we'll see what happens Jason Tatum's going to have to carry us again. I would say our our next game is actually probably a tougher one. It's against the Cleveland Cavaliers Saturday the 13th at uh, 8 p.m. 
And uh, that's a team that is full of young guys who are very hungry, ready to come and go to war every single night they're out there. And it's a team that loves to move the ball, loves to get inside, but is also a team that's not afraid to light it up from three. We just saw Ricky Rubio posted uh, 37 points, uh, almost uh, in a triple-double, I think, but it was a, it was a double-double with like 11 assists or something like that. I've been a fan of Rubio to the Celtics for a couple years now, I'm just saying. Just saying. He's definitely a viable point guard for uh, many NBA teams, and obviously... Uh, we've seen that his offensive talents have obviously come to fruition. He hit a ton of threes, which was something Eight he was for never. Nine, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and that was never something we thought he'd be able to do when he was coming into the league on the Timberwolves, and you know, um, in games of that nature, he he would never show up and be that big of an offensive threat. But you think of guys like uh, Mobley, uh, Garland, Laurie Markkinen. I mean, they are a um, they're a young team, but they're they're playing in a pretty positive way right now. They're going to be confident coming into this game. They got a lot of size and a lot of rebounding and some guys that can shoot the ball pretty well. So it's a team we're going to have to be pretty well defensively uh, drilled against. Rob against Mobley is going to be a show. I'm excited for that. Uh, yeah, Rob should definitely uh, dominate that matchup for the most part, but it's it's never something that you can say for a 100%. Actually, going on to our next game, we have we have the Cavs in the game after that as well. So um, that, that kind of uh, covers two birds with one stone, I guess. But, you know, I'd expect the same team to come out from Saturday to show up on Monday. Yeah, and, uh, and that being said, uh, you know, that's where we'll, we'll cut it off sort of for our, uh, our uh, upcoming games recap because uh, we'll catch you guys with the next upcoming games on next week's pod so uh, i just wanted to uh bring up pretty soon i'm going to be creating a youtube channel uh that this uh, podcast is going to be going up on uh every week as well as on apple podcasts and you know the regular downloadable acast uh, stream of the podcast i'm also going to be doing some clips on there just uh taking some of the key points from every podcast uh obviously we'll be up to date on our twitter page with all the the Celtics talk you could ever need in life. Uh, just wanted to uh, quickly ask you guys, you know, what would you want to see from us going forward? Uh, more content we could bring to you, different stuff we could do on the Twitter page. And uh, this feels like a good place to uh, wrap it up. Just want to say a quick thanks to to my co-host here for coming all the way out to, to be on the podcast for the very first time and, you know, hope to make this a consistent thing. And I uh, wanted to thank you guys as well. So uh, we will catch you next week. Uh, Peace out. Love you, Celtics Nation. Go Celtics.